0: John 15, the verses 12 through 17. This is the Lord Jesus speaking at the Last Supper as he uh, reclined with his disciples. John 15, verse 12. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. So far from John 15. Let's also turn now to 1 John, the first letter of John, chapter 5. First John 5, uh, the verses will focus especially on our verses 13 through 15, but we'll read them in context uh, by starting in verse 1 and reading through verse 15. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater, for this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. So far, the reading of God's Word. As we reflect on what we've read, let's sing together from Psalm 86, stanza 4. As mentioned, the text that we want to give our attention to is 1 John 5, the verses 13 through 15. Since it's only three verses, let's read those again uh, now so that we may have them on our minds. 1 John 5, verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. Brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we come now to the very last part of the letter of John, uh, we see John concluding with several very brief uh, words of instruction and exhortation that he wants to leave with us as final thoughts, as, as the, the, the words that are left ringing in our ears. Uh, there's, so there's three distinct sections. Verses 13 to 15, uh, John has a word about prayer. Then verses 16 to 17, he he will go on to teach us how to pray specifically for those who are in sin. And then in verse 18 to 21, uh, he urges us, hold on to the truth of Christ and stay away from idols. So it kind of concludes on these three short words of instruction. And this morning we'll be looking just at the first of those uh, exhortations, a word about prayer. Uh, It can hardly be a more fitting thing to reflect on as we come into Thanksgiving weekend because John would have us uh, recognize that God delights to to answer our prayers and to see our joy at at observing Him answering our prayers. And, And we'll see that as we work through this text. Uh, Now, in the beginning, John uh, first just begins by wrapping up what he's said thus far, uh, where he says, I write these things to you. Uh, And I think that what he means by these things is not just what was immediately before, but rather the whole of the letter, the whole of uh, the letter of 1 John. He's, He's bringing it to a conclusion and says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. Uh, now it's interesting. The commentaries are quick to point this out too. Uh, that we've seen that John has has been working oftentimes with themes and ideas that come from the Gospel of John. It's the same author, uh, and so in the Gospel of John, he records Jesus' words, and then he wraps up that gospel uh, with with these words in in John twenty verse thirty one. He says, these things are written so that, so thus far it looks exactly the same as our verse here, these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing may have life in His name. That was the purpose of the Gospel of John. Uh, he writes all the things that Jesus did, the things that Jesus said, and then he says, I'm writing this so that you may believe. Well, it's interesting, you compare that now with the letter letter, of John, uh, and he says, Now I'm writing these things to you who do believe. It's a different goal. I'm writing to those who already do believe that you may know or have confidence. That you have eternal life. So, the letter of John is written particularly to believers uh, that they may have confidence in the life that they have in Christ. I think that's probably what's made it such a fitting book for us to have been working through as we come to the Lord's Supper, because that's what the Lord's Supper is also for uh, that we may have confidence uh, that not only do we belong to Christ, but we have life. Because of Christ. And that's the the primary message that John uh, wants to get across to us. Uh, Having said that then, John moves straight into a specific application of that truth regarding our prayers. So because you have life in Christ, there's a specific application that comes to your prayers. Uh, He says in verse 14, This is the confidence that we have toward Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us, and if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of Him. Now, these are uh, difficult verses to understand, uh, because John very much appears to be saying, whatever we ask, uh, God will surely give us, or at least whatever we ask according to His will. Uh, Here's the challenge for us. As mo- most of us probably uh, know by experience that God does not always give us what we ask of Him in prayer. Now, that's, that's I suspect most of us have experienced uh, that reality. We pray for things and God doesn't always give us the thing that we pray for. Uh, so what do we make of this kind of promise? Well, in the first place... I want to point out that we can recognize that John is not teaching something new. This is not the only verse. Uh, where you find this, in fact, he's repeating what Christ himself taught several times over at the Lord's Supper itself. Uh, During that event in chapters 14, 15, and 16, uh, it records the long uh, conversation Jesus had with his disciples at the Last Supper. And three times Jesus repeats this promise. Uh, John 14, verse 13, uh, he says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. A chapter later, John 15, verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go go and bear fruit, and your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. And then finally, John 16, verse 24, he says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name, Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So Jesus is teaching us a principle here that John is simply repeating. He's not making up a new promise. He's he's taking the promise that the Lord Jesus had said uh, in his own hearing to his disciples. Uh, All of that means, at the very least, this is something important for us to reflect on as we come to the Lord's table. Jesus wants us to have Confidence that whatever we ask of the Father in His name, He will surely give us. It certainly isn't only in the Gospel of John either. Uh, The other Gospels record similar things. Uh, Mark 11, verse 24, just for one example. uh, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Uh, So there is a bold promise that the Lord Jesus Himself makes there. Uh, So given how often the Lord Jesus teaches it, it must be something we should take to heart. Uh, And that means that there's going to be two different temptations that we'll want to avoid as we think through this. Two ditches on both sides of the road. Uh, And you see commentaries going both ways, as well as uh, sometimes traditions, church traditions, going both ways. Uh, One is to go the route of the prosperity gospel. It says, Jesus promised, whatever you ask, God will give it. So whatever you ask, God will give it. doesn't matter what it is. Uh, that's the sort of name it and claim it approach. Uh, I want, a, I want a, a private jet, then I just have to pray it with enough prayer and enough faith, and God will just give it. That's one approach that some churches take. Uh, but we know that that cannot be what Jesus means because not only Jesus himself, but other parts of Scripture clearly show that's not the case. Uh, I'll cite, for example, the Apostle Paul. Uh, surely you will not say his faith was lacking in his prayers. And yet his prayers were not always answered with the thing that he requested. Uh, he describes in 2 Corinthians how God had given him a thorn in the flesh, some sort of bodily uh, affliction, and he, and he says, I prayed earnestly. For God to take it away. And God's response to him was, No, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, So Paul asked. He asked in faith. He asked repeatedly. And God did not give him the thing he asked for. But we don't even need to go to Paul. We can go to the Lord Jesus himself. Uh, In in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, he, he prayed, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. Uh, and, and yet, God did not take that cup away because God had a higher purpose for the Lord Jesus on that night that required Jesus to go through, not around, that suffering. Uh, so the Lord Jesus, and now John, is not teaching us that uh, it's not a blank check. Whatever you ask the Father, He'll just give automatically, uh, irrespective of His own plans, His own purposes. That's one ditch that we do want to avoid. However, there is one on the other side of the road as well, uh, and that's how some have approached this, essentially nullifying the promise uh, by saying, yes, God will give you whatever you ask, as long as it's in accordance with His own secret will, which you don't actually know. That essentially takes the force out of the the promise, uh, as if... uh, As if John is saying, uh, whatever you ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give you as long as He's already decided to give you that thing. Well, that may be true, but that's not much of a promise uh, anymore. Uh, It doesn't do justice to the force of these texts where Jesus and John are both saying, ask in confidence and in faith, and the Father will give what you're asking. Uh, so those are, those are both ditches we want to avoid. Uh, it's not a name it and claim it. It's not a blink check. Uh, but it's also a, a real promise. It's not an empty promise. How do we understand this then? Well, the solution is in recognizing that prayer is directed to our Father. our Father in Heaven, uh, and and not to, on the one hand, a vending machine, uh, nor, on the other hand, to some mysterious transcendent God whose purposes you cannot ever know. Uh, No, our prayers are directed to our Father. Uh, And that means that prayer involves both confidence and conversation. It's confidence and conversation. When we pray, we bring our request to God with confidence that He hears us, but we also listen to our God. We listen to His voice. Uh, God uses our prayers not simply as a means for us to bring our request to Him, but also for Him to make His will known to us. Uh, that's what happens in prayer. When we pray in faith, we're not just giving God our will. We're, we're seeking and receiving God's will. Uh, God is bringing our hearts into line with His plans and His purposes. Uh, he teaches us His will. So our, our prayers are not just us making requests to God, uh, but God also speaking to us. It's, it's confidence and conversation. Uh, he's not a vending machine God who, who gives us whatever we ask, no matter what it is, uh, but He's also not an, a transcendent impossible-to-hear God. He's our Father, and He invites us to speak to Him with confidence. Uh, and we see that principle really all over Scripture, wherever Scripture speaks about prayer. Prayer. Uh, It's there, for example, in Paul's prayer that I just mentioned in in 2 Corinthians, uh, where he prayed for God to remove that thorn in the flesh. uh, God's answer was not just a silent, uh, heavenly, transcendent no. It was rather God speaking to Paul, showing Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Uh, so Paul brought his request before his father, and, and God the Father responded in conversation, showing Paul, uh, the thing that you want is not what I want for you. And Paul, uh, his will was brought into line with the will of God. Uh, it's there indeed in the Lord Jesus' prayer as well, uh, when, when, he, when he says, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done, uh, the Lord Jesus came out of that experience with a confidence in the Father's will. That's why he went forward to the cross without resisting, because he knew this was the Father's will for him. In fact, Hebrews says he did so with joy. Uh, he, he did so for the joy set before him, with a confidence in his Father's will. Uh, You can see this then throughout Scripture. One could cite the prayers in the Old Testament as well. The prayer of Nehemiah, for example, as he hears about the ruin of, of Jerusalem. And, and Nehemiah, uh, weeping and fasting, uh, comes before God in prayer. And even as he prays, you can see his will being brought into conformity with the will of God. He begins confessing the sins of God's people, asking for God's forgiveness, uh, recognizing this is what matters to God before the broken walls and the broken palace and the broken temple. It's, it's, it's the sin that led to all of that brokenness. Uh, so prayer uh, prayer, is not, uh, prayer in faith is not just treating God like a vending machine, like He'll give us what, whatever we ask no matter what. It's coming before our Father, confident that He hears us, but also desiring to be attuned to His will, to discover His will. Uh, And and that means that sometimes it does happen that we come to the recognition through prayer uh, that what we want for ourselves is not what God wants for us, uh, that God wants something greater. And that's what John means when he says, whatever you ask according to His will. Uh, It's that our prayers are to be attuned to the will of God our Father. Now, that being said, we should not for a moment take away from the force of this promise. Uh, John is teaching us, as the Lord Jesus also did, that when we come with confidence before our Father, He is eager to give us the things that we ask of Him. Uh, yes, He will sometimes bring our will into line with His, uh, but He also wants us to experience the joy of seeing and, uh, seeing and witnessing our prayers answered. Uh, prayer does make a difference. Uh, prayer does, uh, so to speak, influence God. That's what prayer is for. That's what God teaches us that prayer is for. God does hear and answer our prayers. And He wants us to have the joy of witnessing that reality. Uh, when we come to the Lord's table, uh, we hear the promise that we belong to Christ, we're united to Christ, and Christ, having made those promises, then tells us, as he told his disciples, because you belong to me, whatever you ask in my Father's name, this he will do for you. Uh, and there's a tremendous joy to be found in that. And Christians get to celebrate Thanksgiving like no other people can. Uh, because Christians have the unique joy of being able to offer up our prayers to a Father who loves us, who reveals His will to us, and who delights to show us His responses to our prayers so that we might see His hand at work in response to our prayers. Uh, Christians get the, the unique joy of witnessing God act on our prayers prayers. Uh, That's that's especially what Jesus uh, emphasized in in John 16, uh, where he says, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And the Father's purpose for us is that our joy may be full. And one of the ways that he does that is by calling us to pray so that he might answer those prayers. Prayers, and we might see that, uh, and our joy might be full. Uh, so here's the comfort as we come to this table. Uh, at this table, uh, be- because Christ promises us we belong to Him, uh, that means not only are we washed with His blood, uh, not only are we made new by His Spirit, but we're also brought before His Father as adopted children who are heard by their Father. Uh, Yes, sometimes that conversation involves the changing of our wills, but just as often, uh, those prayers uh, involve God's response uh, that our joy might be full. Now, for that to happen, of course, our prayers must be uh, frequent. Our prayers must be open and honest before our Father. Uh, we, we, for our part, come to Him with confidence that He hears us as His children. Uh, we come humbly, yes, we come listening, uh, wanting to be attuned to our Father's will, but also confident that He is our Father and, and does delight to either give us what we ask or show us what is better for us. Uh, And John assures us, and many Christians can attest, uh, we in the Christian life will experience God's hand at work uh, in response to our prayers. And that's what John is urging us to do so that our joy might be full. Uh, We get to uh, give thanks to God like no other people can Uh, So here then at the Lord's Supper, we already have the great joy of of belonging to Christ and being uh, forgiven by Him. uh, But we also get to experience the joy of bringing our prayers before our Father. Uh, God desires that we would have that uniquely Christian joy uh, of seeing our prayers answered. Uh, So receive that, brothers and sisters, and receive it with confidence. Uh, Let God make your joy full. Uh, He delights, as your Father delights to do you good. Uh, And He especially delights for you to see it, uh, for you to be able to witness it in your life and then be able to give Him thanks for it. Uh, And it's for that very reason He invites you to pray, to pray often and to pray confidently to your Heavenly Father. Amen. As we reflect on God's Word, let's sing together from Psalm 66, stanzas 6 through 8.